from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author and host of The Ken Coleman Show podcast, Sirius XM, 75 radio stations, is my co-host. Thanks for being with us, America. Giovanni is going to start off this hour in New York City. Hi, Giovanni. How are you? How are you doing, Dave? I'm great. Good. How can we help? So my question is uh, pretty brief. Um, I work at a cell phone retail company, and I'm looking to increase my income. I'm studying to be a software engineer. I don't know if you guys were aware of the Google Keynote that came out not too long ago regarding their new AI. And they stated that their new AI knows over 200 plus different coding languages. So in your opinion, should I still, should it still be worth it for me to study software engineering or should I be doing something else? Yes. And the reason is, is even though that is true, um, it is their AI that can do that because of the software engineers they employ. So I've interviewed two AI experts. And if you want to get into software engineering, AI is not going to eliminate your abilities to work. In fact, AI can only do what a human programs it to do. Is it intelligent? Yes. But the reason they call it AI, artificial intelligence, is because a human software engineer, software developers are creating the code that give the AI the ability to do what it's going to do. So you're going to be in more demand than ever because AI is coming like a freight train. It's here. It's going to continue to expand, uh, but you will be as valuable as ever. So I would not let that headline in any way deter you. Let me, uh, let me give you a parallel. Lots and lots of industries have been disrupted by technology. AI is a technology, and it is, going, it is a major disruptor. It's going to cause all kinds of things to happen it's pretty pretty uh wonderful in one sense and scary in another because the level of piracy mm. the level of counterfeits uh that are going to come out of this are just if it's if some boundaries of some kind even if they are put on it you've always got the russian mafia or whatever hackers are going to do what they're going to do right so you you know this thing is it's it's a powerful uh for good or for evil weapon that has been unleashed and it is there so that's the reality. Now, on a much simpler plane, about the time I came out of high school when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth, uh, computers were starting to kind of come on the scene. And uh, three of my buddies were studying to be architects. And computers suddenly were able to do drafting uh, with what's called the CAD system that is still in use today, although a much more sophisticated version than 30 or 40 years ago. But uh, the CAD, you know, computer automated drafting, uh, it's a lot easier to draw a house plan or draw a building plan today, a lot faster than it was in the old days when you had to draw it by hand. Now your computer program can do it, but you still need people with draftsman skills and you still need architects to tell the CAD what to do mm -hmm. and engineers to tell the CAD what to do. 
and, and so that's the situation that we're the exact that's same right. thing we're talking about here. It did not do away with the need for professionals in the industry. It made them much more efficient. That's right. And people sitting, if you wanted to sit at a draftsman's board with a ruler and uh, whatever the tools were and draw all day long, oh, you're out of business. You're done. Because no one does that anymore. Mm. Because they, it, it's no one. It's, it's impossible to keep up with the, how fast a computer can do that, much faster than a human. But, um, but to be able to tell the computer what to do requires the exact same set of skills. Yeah. I want to give our audience that may resonate with this question here from Giovanni two pieces of news so that you can get over the fear factor. Number one, we are seeing right now there's about a, a job and a half available, a technology job, just in general, tech jobs. Uh, for every person that wants to get in it. So the opportunity is massive in tech. Number two, most of you have seen headlines throughout the last six months about major companies like Meta, Facebook's parent company, Google, laying tens and tens of thousands of technology workers off. And people go, oh, no, but here's the deal. Now the data's come back, Dave, that those workers are getting hired within a month for other smaller companies. And these big tech companies, this is what they do. They staff up. You had, you had companies like Redfin, their CEOs, Google, Salesforce, admitting that they overhired to keep talent away from their competition. And so the minute that the recession word gets uttered, these public companies worry about their stock price and they drop talent. But here's the deal. Those people are getting rehired quickly. So all that to say, if you want to go into software, I can't think of a better field to get into right now. Yeah, it's um, and, you know, creatives and content producers yes. uh, of any kind, audio, video, That's right. blogging, all of that is going to be affected. Yes. But enhanced. Um, here, here's the thing you have to, in order to be a thought leader, you have to have a thought. <laughs> Isn't that true? And, and so, you know, the, AI cannot replace that. Mm. And, and so art artistry, you know, quality graphic production um has to be installed by someone who has the eye that's correct even if it is then reproduced and replicated in its various forms by ai so it's still there and you still got to look at it and go i think i'm going to use human judgment here and say that sucks yeah (laughs) i mean you can still have that as a possibility my guys typed in the other day that just to make fun of me oh no in the in the chat thing yeah chat thing yeah Dave Ramsey does a rant against AI, and it and it and it formulated something pretty. It, oh, quick. it wrote out a really I'll long, bet it did. Yeah, nasty. It's fascinating. I, I, how mad I was at AI, <laughs> and it was pretty nasty. Oh, I mean, wow. it was. Um, I mean, they, not not nasty like vulgar. Okay, I was going to say they just, didn't add some color that you no, don't normally no, no, add. No, no, no. Oh, okay. it, it, AI wouldn't have found me saying that because exactly. I'm not vulgar. That's so right. Okay, you, it has to find something you've actually used to yeah. get the tone right. Oh yeah, and it picked it up, but it was. Um, Pretty much like me ranting against credit card debt or student loan debt, but just AI, and they just oh, that's did an fun. overlay, and it that's was uh, fun. obviously I didn't do that, but because um, <laughs> I'm not anti AI and I'm not freaked out about it. Uh, the only thing I'm actually worried about is just that the stinking stuff steals everything. That and honestly, a person the, the in piracy, your position, the piracy, yeah. and co- I mean the well, number of copyrights and trademarks and yes. images and brands that we have yeah. developed at great expense. Yeah. Uh, it'll, you know, a, a nefarious use. Well, here's another one. steal it. Well, here's what I'm concerned about is people doing deep fake stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they can put words in your mouth. Yeah. And literally create you yeah. saying something you never said. And I would just say as a caution. Yeah. Please, yeah. folks. Yeah. 
Well, we joke about don't believe everything you read or see on the internet. I think AI is going to make a lot of crazy, wacky stuff out there. You better consider your source. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff like it'll affect a presidential election. Yes, sir. You know, it come out has yeah. Biden saying something that made sense or something. You know oh, I mean? uh-oh. <laughs> that's an interesting use of it. Maybe they should try that. He strung a sentence together. What happened? Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Ken, uh, lots of people graduating from yes, high school right now. that time of year. And uh, I got to tell you, I can't think of anything we've ever done at Ramsey that is as good as uh, the get clear assessment for a high school graduate that you and the research team put together. This assessment is pretty incredible, and we've got it one specifically built for teenagers, right? Yeah, the get clear assessment that I created a few years ago has been really popular for adults, and so I got with Ramsey Ed, and we said, let's make a student version. Is it possible for your high school student to actually have some pretty clear ideas about the direction they want to go in. The answer is yes. Career-wise. Yeah, career-wise. But you got to give them the tools to be able to dig in and get some self-awareness. And parents, here's why it's important. Very simply, it's going to help you help them make that right education choice. What is that right next step for them so that you're spending that money you've been saving wisely and their time wisely? And so that's why we built this, Dave. It's the student version of the Get Clear Assessment. Perfect time, perfect graduation gift uh, for the student in your life. Yeah. The Get Clear Assessment for students is available right now. It's only 30 bucks. Uh, get it for a student. Absolutely the best 30 bucks they could possibly spend. Know thyself, mm. right? RamseySolutions.com slash store, the Get Clear Assessment. It takes just a few minutes to take it, and the results, the report it spits out is pretty stinking amazing. Promise you, it's worth a lot more than 30 bucks. And so, yeah, you you just don't want to be the parent <laughs> of the kid that goes on to uh, American Idol. Right. And can't sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you never had the guts to tell them, so Simon Cowell gets to trash them on national yes. TV. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. I mean. Like, you know, son, you should not be an artist. All of your drawings <laughs> yeah, are right. stick figures. That's right. You and the, and not, you know, you're really uh, not up for this, son. The flip side of this, too, is is uh, over 50% of American college students right now are spending five years or more. And parents, you don't want that either. 
And so help helping them get That's an idea early discovering on. Discovering themselves. Right. Well, we actually have a tool that'll help them see themselves and you can verify it, parents, because when you see this report, you're going to be able to put new language and new words around what you've always known about your kiddo. So it's a fun tool. Telling the truth is important. It is. Marie is, whoops, it's not Marie. Hello. Let me try again. All right. Marie is there. She's in Los Angeles. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. How are you? Great. How can we help? My question is, is it wise for my husband and I to put all the money we've saved for our emergency fund and our down payment into a high-yield savings account? And if we move that much money at once, is that going to set off any red flags for the IRS? Answer number two is no. It doesn't set off anything for the IRS. Um, How much money is in your emergency fund? Um, we are kind of padding it at about 50,000 right now. Okay. How do you kind of, it either is or it isn't. How much is in your emergency fund? Oh, you've got well, it mixed together. Right now. Oh, it's oh all in no, one, no, 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 um, no, 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 no. You need to separate these two into two different accounts. Okay. Because you will accidentally use up your emergency fund for your down payment when you get house fever. Okay. No, you need to separate them. So mm-hmm. let, let's declare right now, for purposes of our discussion, you can change it later, an amount for your emergency fund is 50000 How much then is in the down payment fund? Two forty. Two hundred forty thousand. Yes. So there's two ninety total. Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah, these definitely need to be in separate accounts. High yield savings okay. that you've uh, looked up is paying what? Um, somewhere around four, somewhere in the high 3.7, somewhere yeah, in the yeah. 4.3. That's about, right. That's about right. Okay. And so um, the $50,000 account is going to pay $2,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if you put it in not a high yield, it's not going to pay half that, right? But 1000 or 2000 does not change your life on your emergency fund. It's okay to do it. I'd like to get a little more. So, yeah, move it to a high yield. That's fine. But don't act like you did something because it's not enough money to worry about. Okay. The other account, you're hopefully not going to leave that alone long. You're getting ready to buy a house soon, aren't you? Well, we're kind of leaving that in God's timing. If it was my timing, I would have been moved five years ago. Okay. Um, what is the sign for you that God is ready? Um, well, we're planning on moving out of state, so we're just kind of looking at all the pieces and making sure that everything's right. My husband would be basically starting his career fresh because he's a when are we going to do this if you think if god showed up and told you it was okay sorry what was the first time when are you going to do this if it all falls out similar to what you think it might um i mean i'm ready this year um, okay, let me let, kind of, let me ask this, Marie. Is it because he hasn't found a job? There's a lot of trepidation and fear because he'd have to basically start over. Is that what you said? Um, there's kind of a lot of different factors, but that that is one of them. What um, are the other factors? Looking, it's really important. That's what we're digging at. What are the factors besides him getting a good job? What else? Um, really, it's it's just. Um, I mean, you guys are, are men of faith, and, and you know that when, when God puts it on your heart that now is the time, then now is the time, and we just haven't felt like now is the time yet. But okay, but there's that- not any observable variables in the marketplace or in your life that you're waiting on that. You're just waiting on peace from the Holy Spirit yes. in prayer. Yes. Okay. 
All right. So I'm going to give you a guess and say in 12 months, we're probably doing this. That's what I was after. How long are we tying up this 240,000 bucks? Are we going to tie it up for five years or are we going to tie it up for, for six or eight months? And it sounds like six or eight months or a year is probably right. So yeah, you're going to make a little money in a high yield savings account on this. But once again, this is not a long-term play. This is a, it's a quality parking space for money. That's all it is. But we're not, we don't park money for long. We're parking it until we get ready to make this move. And, and uh, th- that, you know, the Holy Spirit releases you guys to go do with a sense of peace where you're, where you're going. And so um, that's cool. That, that's fine. But I, I'm going to give you a reasonable guess and say that these things are building up and there's, it's about ready to go. This thing's about ready to happen. Yeah, I, I don't want to take everybody to church here. I would just say to to Marie, I, I think her peace would probably increase. His peace would increase if he had that job situation cleared up. And and I think that uh, sometimes we overthink, and I think we 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 blame a lot of stuff on God. I'm not saying she's doing that, but I am saying that I think that at some point we have free will and we have the option to make things well, there's happen. A, there's a there's a good there's a good one two punch here. There is. It's the old. Uh, uh, St. Augustine's uh, work mm. like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. Yeah. If you want corn, you got to plant it. it and, and tend it. Oh, and guess what? You don't get control of the rain or the sun. <laughs> that's right. So that's his part. So yeah. you got to do both. There's yeah. a one-two punch. Yeah. You do the do all of your parts, and sometimes the peace and the timing lines up. Yeah. One of the ways I, I consider myself to be guided mm. by God is that the circumstances are lining up, yes. and I have peace. Yes. If the circumstances are lined up and I don't have peace, then I wait. Yep. If I have peace but the circumstances aren't lined up, then I wait. Mm. So uh, And so I'm pushing on all of those things at the same time because there's this cause effect of works and yep. faith That's right. that, are, that are a good part of a healthy, mature believer's process. Mm. And it sounds like you're doing all of those things. Yep. I'm not question, we're not questioning that. But uh, since we uh, got all mystical there for a second, it's worth explaining how we yes. go at this stuff. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Let's circle back, though, and for the rest of you on emergency funds. Your emergency fund is not an investment. Mm-hmm. Everybody say not an investment. Not an investment. It's not an investment. It is insurance. Insurance doesn't make you money. It costs you money. It costs you money to protect the things that make you money. That's what insurance does. The emergency fund is not there to make money. It's there to it's a pad, an umbrella between you and the storms of life. That's what it's for. It keeps you from cashing out your 401k, which is making money, or having to put your home on the market and fire sale it because you can't pay the payments because you lost your job. It protects the assets that are going up because it's a pad, it's an umbrella for the storms of life. And so what it makes is irrelevant because it's never really gonna make much because it's gonna be liquid. So if it makes 4 or 3.7 instead of 1.7, great, but whoop-de-doop-de, that's really not what it's for. Go ahead and get a little better parking spot, but it's not necessary to build wealth. What's necessary to build wealth is to have the emergency fund separate. This is The Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. 
Now that the weather is warming up, it's time to enjoy your outdoor space. Neighborly's Mosquito Joe service can help make your outdoor area pest-free. So you can enjoy being outside in comfort. Visit Neighborly.com to reach your local Mosquito Joe today. Today's question comes from Jared in South Carolina. He writes, my wife and I are currently in baby step one, and I'm an associate marriage and family therapist. I work for a counseling job as well as I run my own counseling practice. I don't have enough clients on my caseload at this time, and of course, it's not enough income. I'm doing what I can to increase the load to bring more in, but no success. I specialize in couples, parenting, blended families, and I would love to do something with it, such as workshops, but I don't know how to find these opportunities, any suggestions. Okay, first of all, if you want to get into the workshop space, you don't find them, you got to create them. And that, that leads to where I think you've got to go to increase your pipeline. This is just like a sales job. I mean, you, you, for your own business, you have got to create leads that turn into opportunities. So let's look at those target clients, couples, parents, blended families. So I'd start with, in your zip code, your area, Who's serving those people? So you've got churches have couples in them. You've got schools are are obviously uh, taking care of these parents' children, uh, the blended families. Uh, look and see who's serving these. Are these nonprofits? Are they uh, government agencies, faith-based organizations? Here's why. If you make yourself known to those organizations that are serving your target clients, that you are a counselor and you offer counseling services and you're going to do a workshop online or in person. Will they host a workshop if you take care of everything else? They simply open up a room to you and make it open to their uh, their clients. And so that's where you've got to build the pipeline. There are a lot of people hurting right now, and you've just got to get in front of them. So I think that's the first thing. Now, the other advice I'd give, Dave, is this. While you're doing that, to get momentum in baby step one, which is for if you're new listener, new viewer, Baby step one is we want to get $1,000 as that starter emergency fund. I'm doing anything and everything, Jared, while I'm taking the advice I gave you to make $1,000. That's yard work. That's working a second or third job right now, just an hourly wage to get that first baby step underway, and that's going to be a big victory for you. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. Um, and and Ken is exactly right. Here, What we know post-COVID is that there is a backlog, a waiting list to see a therapist, to see a counselor. You can't get in. So the fact that you have all this open time is pretty uh, disturbing. Yeah. So it means you've done absolutely no marketing of inequality. So, yeah, I, I would contact um, every business in the area that has um, – 50 to 200 people working at it and talk to the, mm. uh, the, it, whoever, the HR director, the, the VP of operations and tell them if you've got families in here that are struggling, we do marriage counseling. And if somebody's got marriage troubles, they're not really working well right now. Their productivity is low. So, uh, we'll help you with that. Uh, talk to the, pa- every pastor in a 20 mile radius, just drop by and see them say, Hey, uh, because a lot of them, uh, have more counseling load than they can handle. That's correct. And they and you can get into sometimes deeper stuff than they want than they want to get into, uh, and more extensive, uh, longer term counseling situations than they want to get into. Um, pastoral counseling is different than being a therapist, and so um, <clears throat> or it should be. Yeah. So all all of those things, but yeah, you need to stir up some business is what it amounts to. Uh, if you let enough people know that you're there. In the current environment that we're in, you're going to be overwhelmed with business. And that's where I would spend a lot of my time. So, good question, man. We appreciate you joining us. Phil is with us in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Phil. How are you? 
Hey, Dave. I'm doing good. Um, hey, Ken. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just started listening to you guys here a couple months ago. Um, got my wife starting to get into it and stuff, but um, I'm not sure what baby step I'm on. Um, I thought I was doing good. Um, I thought I was uh, paying down my uh, house early. Um, what I did about a year and a half ago, I was having major problems with my mortgage company. So I went to my local bank and uh, they gave me the option of either refinancing with a mortgage payment or taking an unsecured personal loan. So um, I ended up opting for the unsecured personal loan so that I had the title in my hand with without a lien on it and stuff like that. And I've been paying it down. I'm tripling payments right now. It should be paid off within a couple of years. But um, the more I listen to your show and the more I look at your um, uh, webpage and stuff like that, personal loans are considered consumer loans and should be baby step number two. Did I transfer my mortgage loan from basically a mortgage to a, a baby step number two where I should deplete my um uh, safety fund to nah. pay it off nah. and then build it back up or can I treat it? What's the balance? What's the balance on the loan? It's only like 22,000. Oh, how much is in your savings account? Um, about 20, about 22,000, okay. but that's, that includes my emergency fund. Understand. My fully funded emergency and what's your household income? Uh, 120,000. Okay. So let's pay it off by September. Yeah, I, I'm having little issues bringing my wife on board with it. We talked about financial planning university. We haven't took forward steps on it yet. She, yeah. she still has a credit card. I don't have any credit cards, so I'm slowly working on her, but it's going to, I don't know if I can take it by September with, unless I get her fully on board. Well, that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot bigger issue than whether to pay the mortgage off or what baby step you're on. You're not really on a baby step until the two of you get on the same page, and then you could talk about baby steps. Because there's the, okay. all the data says that until you're on the same page, your likelihood of building wealth is very low. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's just very few people drag a spouse kicking and screaming into rich. Yeah, she she's kind of on board. She just owes I know, but you're, now you're covering for her. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So y'all got to get on the same page, dude. I mean, that's the, okay. that's the hundred pound gorilla or the 800 pound gorilla in the conversation. So, um, yeah, you guys got to, you get that fixed. And then all of a sudden this other is going to fix itself. I don't really care whether you call it. It's only $22,000, man. You make 120 and you got 22 in the bank. I mean, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not like it's gonna, you can mess this up as long as you keep moving towards it, but it should not take you three years to clear this. Three months, maybe, but it shouldn't take you three years to clear it once the two of you are on the same page. That's the big deal there. And so, um, all right, Dave, I got to ask you because you've been answering this question a long time. I think this is a perfect setup. Again, a lot of new people all the time on the show. Here you got a husband who gets it. He's all in. He's crushing it. His life's kind of there, in his words, still has a credit card. How do you get that vision to align? Well, I, I think we just start talking about, okay, number one cause of divorce in North America today, money fights and money problems. Number one, disagreement in marriages, money fights and money problems. So if we can get rid of the number one thing in our marriage that causes negative situations, that's a big deal for any marriage. It's the number one. 
I mean, if the number one reason you die of bear attacks is you wear red shirts, then you would go, I'm done with red shirts. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you, that'd be it. So um, whatever whatever metaphor you want to use. So that's number one. So, honey, you know, it's very important for the quality of our relationship that we get rid of the number one problem of relationships, and that's for us to be on the same page. So let's sit down and dream together about what we want our future to look like. And let's get in detail. Let's make it in HD, high-definition dreams, not vague, fuzzy ones in the clouds. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. So we're going to get on the same page, and as our friend Henry Cloud says, we're going to have a desired future. Mm. And, and we're going to design the future in such a way that we both had a vote on it, we both want to be there, and we're both willing to sacrifice to get to that future. And then we say, okay, what has to be true that's not true now to get to that future. Okay, it will be the stop of the use of the credit cards. It'd be clearing off these debts. It'd be less living on a budget together where we should have a, every dollar has an assignment. We're in agreement. And then the dollars are all pointed at the agreed target. Mm. Once we've got an agreed target that we both had a vote on and buy-in on, that's called vision. And it'll solve the whole thing. Yep, that's so good. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jake is in Atlanta. Hi, Jake. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Uh, So my wife and I are celebrating. She just got accepted into uh, grad school for her doctorate of physical therapy yesterday. Wow. Wow. However, yeah, we're super excited. However, we are also not sure how to go about paying for this. We are debt-free. We've been debt-free for the past three years, um, and we do not want to take out student loans, but that's looking like our only option. Not not entirely sure how to get her through grad school on a single income. What, uh, uh, okay, I, I know what a master's in PT allows you to do PT, what does a PhD give you that the master's doesn't give you as far as career opportunities? Uh, so <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, from my understanding, it she'd be able to run her own practice and prescribe uh, medicine and you know stuff like that. I think she can run her own practice yeah. otherwise, but she probably can't prescribe medicine without a supervising okay. physician. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that keeps you from running a practice. But the actual prescription, yeah, no doubt about that. Okay. How much is it going to cost this particular school? Uh, I think the estimated cost is about 100000 It's a two-year accelerated program. Okay. And she been trying to get into this one, or she been applying to multiple, and this is the one that said yes? That's right. She's applied to multiple, and this is the only one that said yes. Okay. Uh, Dave, I... I my advice on this is, is I'd be patient until I until I save the money up, and I would be looking to get into uh, other programs. If this is even a reality, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the going rate. I don't know what what a what a, uh, uh, a low, medium, high prices on physical therapy doctorates. Uh, but nobody cares. No one, not one patient, will ever care where she gets her doctorate. That's the first thing I'd say. Nor will they care if she has a. Doctorate. Even if she has it, if you want to run the practice, uh, I but I know you're excited. If I go to a PT and I have, yeah. I have never once asked whether they had a doctorate or whether they had a master. <laughs> Nobody does. They're a PT. It's what they do. Yeah. So I'd be patient. 
I would be patient and save up the money, and I sure would like to find a place where I could go for 60 again, if that's realistic, because nobody cares. Yeah. So there's two categories that we pursue something like this, two buckets that cause us to pursue something like this, Jake, and we're leaning heavily on one of them Mm -hmm. in this discussion. Bucket number one, when you pursue a degree or an advanced degree of some kind like this, we're looking for what does that open up for you as extra income potential or uh, opportunities in the marketplace that you wouldn't have without it, okay? In other words, it's permission to play at a different level, okay? And uh, the point we're making here is, other than the writing of prescriptions, unless I don't know what I'm talking about, and I probably don't actually, but uh, other than the writing of prescriptions, I've, I've been a patient to a PT, but I've not been in a PT program. And I've worked with a lot of PTs paying off their student loans over the years. And so um, so, so I'm not sure this adds $100,000 in marketplace value to her career. That's my point in that bucket. The other bucket that is also a valid bucket is the pursuit of knowledge and the uh, academic pride of getting a PhD. And that is a valid thing to want to go get that. Okay. You follow me? Mm-hmm. So none of the, yeah. none of the, in, in none of these discussions, are we trying to be a dream killer? But, um, uh, uh, you guys need to sit down and talk about since you don't have the money to do this, it needs to have marketplace value more than academic pride value. Academic pride value would be called a luxury to go get a PhD in something that doesn't change my life. Okay. Um, that fall, so whatever portion of this that falls into that is the luxury portion. The other portion is, yeah, there's legitimate opportunities. I can expand my practice. I can do things I can't do, and I can make more money because I have this. And those are the two things you need to look at and mm-hmm. compare and talk through. And then we've got to figure out a way to pay cash for it or I'm not doing it. But what happens, and it happens in the medical field, more often probably than it does in other fields is there is this pride there is a prestige that goes with uh i'm an md i'm not a nurse and uh they're taught that in the medical school right i mean so there's a pride uh, uh, uh it's a pecking order thing right that goes with it and the phd versus the lowly master's degreed um but it, 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 other than bragging rights, it needs to have some economic value. It does. And, and Jake, if you've not seen our amazing documentary, Borrowed Future, I really would like for you and your wife to watch it. And if nothing else, to specifically watch the testimony of the dentist in that. And, and that, that will just, he went in over a million dollars. We're talking about 100000 here, but it is not worth it. Yeah. And I think Dave laid this out beautifully, Jake. This is a need versus a want. If it is an absolute need, then it is worth the wait. If it is a want and yeah. it has no redeeming value beyond just the prestige piece, then it's, it's absolutely it, you must wait. Is there a health organization that desires to have a Ph.D. PT? working on their team that would pay for this now that's a great point and i think that's right because we're in it we're in an environment right now if the job market's right in a certain yeah. part of the country they go you know what you're I'll, bright I'll move my license over there and work for you guys yes. and you pay for my phd yeah i like that i like that approach i would do that one uh in a heartbeat 
for either bucket. Yeah. Just because you want a PhD. That's yeah. fine. Somebody else is paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. You That's right. One, That's right. It. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. But um, so, so guys, um, what has happened with the student loan debacle? $1.7 trillion, mm-hmm. 44 million Americans uh, having their lives altered. Mm-hmm. And higher education's expense rate going through the roof, and this false worship at the altar of a degree. Now, again, I'm not aiming at Jake's wife on this. That's right. Just making a general statement now as a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but th- this instead of saying cur- knowledge is the currency, now degrees are the currency, and then we got over into the land of any old degree and pay any amount to get any old degree. Now we really got into a stupid zone, and what the it, what it started out being was to expand your mind and your view of the world. Yes. So you would read English literature, mm-hmm. which does not have marketplace value. It does not. Does not change your income if you've read English literature, but it does change your brain's ability to work. It does change your critical thinking skills. Uh, your vocabulary does that. It opens doors for you. All of those kinds of things. Method of speaking. All, all of these kinds. Of, oh, that's an educated person. That, that is, there's a reality to those things. But we got so far over there that now there's a bunch of us old rednecks that are going, look, it's got to pay for itself. Or we're not doing it. So you got to get a degree that's actually usable and that you see a measured change in your income that is obvious that that is a reasonable change in your income versus what you paid for it, an ROI. That's right. Because here's the reality, and you'll see it in this documentary, Borrowed Future. Here's a dentist that I absolutely believe when he got into it, he was passionate about the work. He knew what he could do. But the weight of the debt was so bone crushing that you don't even enjoy. You'll end up resenting the degree and the work you do because of the absolute hole that you are crawl, you have crawled into and it feels impossible to get out. Now, we can help you get out, and we helped that dentist, and we've helped a lot of people. But the point is, there's no need to rush into this $100,000 PhD. Don't rush. Save up. Get a grant. Uh, do what Dave said. You know, Maybe you get a company to fund it for you because they want your talent. There's a lot of ways to do this. Yeah, I just want you to think about why we're doing it, what we're getting for what we're paying. You know, everything else you do a value judgment on except education. And on education, it's like, anything! We'll pay anything! <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because it's important! <laughs> no, it's not. Not at some point. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.